morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Apologies for not being here yesterday. I was on a course on how to do radio good. Well, guess what? I can do radio good. Except I've left my notes at home, so it may have to wait until next week. Is that okay? Thank you. Lots coming up on the show this morning, and I'm always keen to get your opinion. Some of these stories uh, are incredible. Are you fed up with anti-social behaviour where you live? Well, a third of people in the three counties say they've witnessed problems. New powers to tackle it are being outlined. We'll have a look at what that means for you, and will it really have any difference whatsoever? Keen to get your stories on the anti-social behaviour you've seen. 81333, start your text 3CR kind of related if someone in the car in front of you drops litter out of their window should they be fined regardless of who did it conservative peer wants to make the laws tougher do you agree and this is great what an incredible story a prominent barrister has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13 barbara hewson said the move was necessary in the wake of the savile scandal to end the quotes persecution of old men unquote well, what do you think? Should the age of consent be lowered? 16 at the moment. Would you like to see it drop to 13? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Of course, the best way to get in touch is via the phone. You remember the phone? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I just realised when I said, this is great! Someone wants to lower the age of consent. It made me sound like I was excited at the prospect of that. No, 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 no. <laughs> let, me just, let me just clear that up. No, 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 no. Not in the slightest. I mean, it, it's a great story. I, I think the, the, the call to lower the age of consent to 13 is outrageous. What do you think? 08459 455 555. New measures are to be introduced to target persistent antisocial behaviour in the three counties. Nearly one in three people say they've witnessed drink-related antics or groups of people hanging around the streets in their local area in the past year, according to the Office for National Statistics. Groups of people hanging around their streets? Uh, uh, is that necessarily antisocial? Well, under new laws, the police, councils and agencies would have to investigate any incident reported by at least five people. Well, Claudette Dazel is a criminologist based in Leighton Buzzard. Good morning, Claudette. Good morning. Why do certain people commit antisocial behaviour? Are they just naughty? No, absolutely not. We know that there is a link between childhood trauma and antisocial behaviour. There's actually a study done that found that 74% of adolescents in secure establishments presented with systems consistent with post-traumatic stress disorder. So over 90% of those, the most serious crimes committed are committed by people who've experienced childhood trauma. Um, it's very interesting that... I think we go back and we look at is this a new uh, phenomenon and which unfortunately it's not. It's not, uh, I want to read you a quote um, that was written by Plato in the 4th century. Uh, He said, what's happening to our young people? They disrespect their elders, they disobey their parents, they ignore the law, they riot in the streets in flames of wild notions, their morals are decaying, what's to become of them? Um, Now this was many 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 years ago we've got the same problems today and i think it's a social problem at some point we will all have to acknowledge um what we're dealing with what are we classing as anti-social behavior what kind of things well i think all things that don't fit in with the norms of society with how we want things to run anything that disturbs um our equilibrium to a great extent people who 
Well, I, 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 you've written out, read out something earlier on of uh, people hanging around in groups. Why are people hanging around in groups? It's usually it's youth hanging around in groups. It's because they don't have much to do. That's one of the reasons. We also know that... I, I wouldn't consider necessarily people hanging around in groups as antisocial. It's not at all. No. We, but but, but, drunk, but drunken idiots puking up in the street and, and having fights in the street, I would consider That's that antisocial. Absolutely. And I would cons- say that they need a... Uh, not a sound thrashing, but they need to be punished. Absolutely. And I think something has to be done about the, the, the alcohol problem um, in the country that we have under, uh, you know, under many people. The fact that alcohol is quite readily available... And um, there's a culture of, of people drinking quite a lot, and that needs to be tuckle, tackled. But it's not something that is only related to youth or people who are um, notoriously criminal. There, there could be a chance, couldn't there, that by saying, well, childhood trauma, that's why they do it, we need to help them, that, that that's taking the responsibility away from the people who commit these acts. Unfortunately, we need to deal with the facts. Um, which is it's very important. We, well, we've seen research that was done in 2004 that 45% of looked-after children were assessed as having a mental disorder. Um, 38% of them Sorry? had a clinically significant conduct disorder. 16% were assessed as having emotional di- disorders. With uh, uh, brain scans, we find out that there's a high incidence right. You know, with children with, with okay. intellectual but, but, problems. But, but, people, but, but people being antisocial and fighting in the streets and, and being idiots and graffiti and stuff, I don't care what their childhood was like. I don't care what their upbringing was like. Stop it. That's right, yes. We, we all want them to stop, but the way to stop them... Chuck them in prison. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tag prison, them. we've got no evidence that prison works. Castrate them. Do something to them. We can't go back to their parents and say, hey, come on now, you need to have a word with Johnny, he's, he's just done graffiti. They have to, the, the people have to be responsible for their own actions, don't they? Well, unfortunately, that's true. I think parents need to take more responsibility for their children. Yeah. But as a society, we need to, instead of just saying we need to get tough on crime and, and throw people in prison, which doesn't work, I don't know where that notion comes from. I think it was just basically uh, fired on by the media. Um, and we need to look at the core of this problem. We need yeah. to stand together as a nation, and we need to look at why, why we have this problem. Well, and, and I appreciate that that could be effective for future generations, but the generation we've got now, if they are going to um, uh, graffiti or, or steal cars or do these kind of antisocial behaviours, that person needs to accept responsibility for their action and be punished. Punishment doesn't, doesn't work. So what, we just and let them off? We just say, oh, no, yeah, you, you've got trauma. To, there are loads of interventions, and you, you cannot just punish someone who's had trauma. The, the so person who comes out of prison commits the same offence. But so, Claudette, what do we do? If someone, is being, if someone is graffitiing and being antisocial and causing a nuisance, what do we do to that person? I can talk on behalf of youth offenders. If it's, if it's, a, if it's a youth offender who does that, we need to intervene. Um, and do what? Services intervene. It's, it's, we rehabilitate them. It's uh, counselling, childhood counselling. that happens. Well, take them to Thorpe Park or something? No, Thorpe Park, you, you cannot just take a child on activity and think that that's going to change their lives. Um, a diversion activity such as that is, is, is good in the sense that it keeps children off the street, keeps them busy. But um, unfortunately, problems are much deeper than this. If you look at childhood trauma, it's usually there's abuse in the child's past. 
quite horrific physical abuse when you go. I, you know that. We can't say that everyone that's doing. We're running out of time. I could talk to you all morning. You're fascinating. <laughs> we can't say that everyone who, who goes and graffitis on a on a bus stop has is been it, abused as a child. Is it only graffiti that's the problem for you? Because if we look, uh, at, that's just an example. I mean, there's, a, there's a huge there's a there's a, a declining youth crime. We've seen we've seen the numbers drop last year. Um, things are actually looking up for us. Well, that's, Claudette, I have to end it there. Sorry to cut you short. I, 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 and it's good to end on a positive note there. Things are looking up. It's Claudette Desel, who's a, a criminologist based in Leighton Buzzard. And yes, you know, if children have suffered trauma, it's not necessarily just young people that are doing these antisocial behaviours. It's, it's people of all ages. If they have suffered trauma, then yes, of course we should address that. But, but, people do have to take responsibility for their own actions, don't they? 08459 455 555. Two questions. What antisocial behaviour have you seen and what would you do to stop it? What antisocial behaviour have you seen and how would you stop it? Would you go and talk to the parents and try and work out the trauma? Would you give them a slap on the wrists? 08459 455 555. Well, someone I know is a very, very naughty person indeed. I believe he was tagged at some point. I don't know if that's off yet. Mr Adam Glynn. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. And just to clarify, as far as I know, Adam Glynn has broken no significant laws in the past six months. We'll be talking a little bit later on about uh, um, a barrister, a prominent barrister, a female prominent barrister, which I think is significant to this, wants to lower the age of consent to 13 to stop, quote, the persecution of old men. Well, we'll get your views on that a little bit later on. But imagine this. You're sitting in your car when you see someone in front throw litter out of their window. How does that make you feel? Well, in the future, whoever is driving that car could be forced to pay a fixed penalty notice whoever's thrown the litter out. Conservative peer Lord Marlesford will today put forward a proposal to the House of Lords. He wants to see penalty notices issued similar to speeding, where the driver nominates the guilty party or pays the fine themselves. Well, here in the three counties, our councils currently charge between £75 and £80, reduced to 50 quid if paid within 14 days. Last year, Bedford Borough Council issued over 400 fixed penalty notices for littering. Well, Samantha Harding is uh, from the, uh, the Stop the Drop campaign manager from the Campaign to Protect Rural England. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. How much is it costing councils to clean this up? Well, the figures for the last years that we have, which is about 2010 to 11, we paid £863 million for street cleaning, and that excludes motorways and major roads so we're talking about over a billion pounds and one thing just to clarify from your great introduction was that it's actually the owner of the vehicle that would have to pay not the driver not the driver the person who's the registered owner would have to pay that's right yeah would something like that work do you think well where it stands at the moment is councils supposedly have a power in order to be able to say to someone we saw litter thrown from your vehicle so that's against the law so you have to pay this fine but what they have to do now is they have to say exactly who it was who threw the litter and that proves to be pretty much impossible for them so what we're saying is let's bring the law in line with the parking um, fines and the speeding fines where if it's your vehicle you're responsible for what happens in it so that's what Lord Marsford is calling for today what uh, and why is he calling for this why is he so upset by this it's expensive it's ugly and it's bad behavior so let's do something about it 
And would this include everything, Samantha? I mean, would it include apples and, and, and cigarettes and things like that? Yes, if you throw something out of your vehicle, it's littering. Has this scheme been trialled anywhere already? Well, about 12 months ago, they introduced this uh, a similar law in London. Um, the London Council said, OK, we're sick of this law not working for us. We're going to introduce our own law so that we can try to do something about it. What we'll find out in a month or so is how that's worked for London councils. But it's this, this change in the law is actually something that councils across England have been calling for for years. So we're really hoping that the government will pay attention to Lord Marsford's bill. Um, and, and make this change. One of my least favourite things in the world is littering. I hate it, whether it's someone just <laughs> dropping a crisp packet on the floor as they're walking along, or, or I hate it when I see someone throw something out of a car window. Yeah. But in reality, Samantha, how would this work? Would, would it be up to me to phone up a, a hotline and say, oh, the, the red fiesta in front of me has just chucked <laughs> something out of the window? How, how does it work? No, it would work um, where local councils do have enforcement officers. They also have access to CCTV footage. Um, there's also, obviously, the police. Um, if someone who's sort of authorised to make that claim sees someone doing it, that's when the local council can apply to the DVLA, get the owner of the vehicle's details and write to them and say, we saw this happening from your car, you're liable to pay this fine unless you tell us who it was. So would, they be, would the councils be employing special officers specifically for this? Well, most councils already have people um, employed to do similar things to this. What, what this law will do is just give those enforcement officers um, more, more powers that work for them, rather than having a power that doesn't work. And I, I do think, though, that some people, they just don't care about laws like this. And the chances of being caught while you're speeding up the A6 or something, it's pretty slim, isn't it? Well, it's not as great as being caught as sort of walking through your town centre and being spotted, I agree. Um, but what we're trying to do is give councils um, a power that, that actually works. I know I keep saying that, but there, there is an anomaly in the law at the moment, whereas essentially a council could, could find somebody for littering from a vehicle, but it doesn't actually work. So if there is a chance that they can see someone doing it once they've once they've seen someone they should then be able to um enforce the law samantha final, the final question you, you yes. you're walking down the street you see someone at some traffic lights they they chuck a, a bag of crisps out the window would you go up to them and say excuse me i think you dropped this that's totally a matter of personal choice would, would, would you do it my well, my grandmother actually um she saw she was sweeping out her front, front porch and she saw somebody empty their um cigarette ashtray from their car out onto the street so she went over swept it up and chucked it all back through the window oh dear um so, so maybe it's in the blood i don't know but um again i would say to anybody just do whatever you feel comfortable samantha thank you very much indeed samantha harding uh, from the stop the drop campaign well she's the campaign manager oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me uh, a call about that now here's something that i know you'll want to have your say on I find this incredible. A prominent barrister specialising in uh, reproductive rights. Reproductive rights? Wowzers. Has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson said in an interview that the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the, quote, persecution of old men. The persecution of old men? You mean perverts like Jimmy Savile and Stuart Hall who groped, fondled and did all kinds of things to, to children? Those old men. 
You want us to stop persecuting those old men. Okay. She also said that complainants should no longer receive anonymity. Oh, so if you've been the victim of a sexual attack, your name should be in the newspapers as well. The NSPC... There's an argument that the, that the, um, the accused should be anonymous. I can kind of buy into that. But the, the accuser... They shouldn't be anonymous. The NSPCC have called her views outdated and simply ill-informed and said to hear them from a highly experienced barrister simply beggars belief. Well, her remarks come after a number of high-profile arrests from Operation U-Tree, the police investigation into historic sexual abuse following the Savile scandal. The arrests have included Max Clifford, Stuart Hall, Gary Glitter and many others. So what do you think? Very simple question. The age of consent for boys and girls at the moment is 16. Should the age of consent be lowered? 08459 455 555. I would be very, very surprised this morning if we got one call from someone saying, yeah, yeah, I agree um, with Ms Barbara Hewson, prominent barrister. Yes, I agree that the age of consent should be lowered. 08459 455 555. Very simple question. Should the age of consent be lowered? Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, Watford muffed up their first chance of promotion. They've got another opportunity. They're travelling to Leicester City in their first semi-final playoff leg tonight. Well, do you think they can win? Justin Dealey has been finding out what you think, and detectives in the US state of Ohio have charged a man with kidnapping and rape after the rescue of three women who'd been held captive for more than a decade. Ariel Castro is due in court later. I'll bring you the latest developments on this fascinating case before 7 o'clock. 08459 455555. Do you think the age of consent should be lowered? A prominent female barrister. Yeah, it changes it slightly, I think says, yes, the age of consent should be lowered to 13 to stop the persecution of old men. The old men she's talking about are Jimmy Savile, Stuart Hall and others. Well, what do you think? Should the age of consent be lowered to 13? Oh, dear. No, I know. I was dancing around the studio a little bit uh, to Electric Dreams there. Justin, <laughs> Ian, you okay, sir? You all right? I'm nearly. I'm. I'm 40 in a month. Oh, in a month wow. today, and um, I do like that pop song. Have you got <laughs> the leg warmers on? You know, the headband, all that kind of stuff. I was dancing rather aggressively. Mm, that's worrying. <laughs> and I'm out of breath. So, <laughs> can you do this bit? Yes, I can. Good lad. Um, I was going to say, you've been on a BBC interview course. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting lots of very, very hard-hitting questions this morning. In what, what was what? it? Was it good? Why do you expect that? Well, but you went on a, one of these BBC interview courses. I'm and expecting ha- a change this morning. I'm, I'm expecting a new Ian Lee. And how does that make you feel? Makes me feel good. Yeah? Yeah. Are you surprised? <laughs> you see, I'm doing it! I'm doing yes, it! Oh, wow, it's worked! Surely for me. Direct, to the point, yes. and be as breathy as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't talk, Dee Just do this bit, please. Are you being serious about this? I'm so unfit. What is up with <sighs> you, man? I'm an old man. That's no, what's up with me. I'm, I'm going to sit back and actually enjoy this. Oh. You read the next cue. I'm going to sit back and enjoy Oh, I hate you. Oh, lovely. After the disappointment of missing out on an... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> automatic. They didn't teach this in the course. No, they if didn't. I'd taken this bit of audio to play tonight, I'd been in terrible trouble. Sony Gold. After the disappointment of missing out on automatic promotion last weekend, Watford travelled to Leicester City in their first semi-final playoff leg tonight. If Watford can overcome Leicester and make it to Wembley for the playoff final. Almost there. Yeah. They'll play in the richest game in football, worth £120 million to the winner and a place back in the top flight of English football. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to the fans ahead of tonight's game. Justin, Watford missed out on automatic promotion at the weekend. Remind us what happened, please. That was so good. Can you do that again? Oh, before? you're such a... There. I nearly swore then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a massive night for Watford. Um, at the weekend, disappointment. They needed to better the result of Hull City. If they did that, they would be promoted. Hull drew 2-2 at home to Cardiff, so all Watford had to do was beat Leeds at home and they would be up. But it was a game that everyone thought Watford would win, but they had a player sent off, they had a goalkeeper crisis, and they ended up losing the game 2-1. They blew it, but they now have this second chance, and you don't often get those in football, but this is the hard way in. For Watford to go up now, what they've got to do is deal with Leicester over two legs, and then, if they can get through that, they've got to beat either Crystal Palace or Brighton at Wembley. If they can do those things, yeah. they will be back in the Premier League, and of course, with that check of around £120 million. My football knowledge is limited, but I've heard people say that Watford played terribly the other day. Is that a fair summary? Well, they didn't play terribly. I think what happened was, I think the occasion, I've, I've never seen an end of season like that before. It was just incredible. The, the, the twists and the turns. Watford were expected to win at home but they did blow it really because Troy Deeney, one of their star strikers he was sent off for a, a ridiculous challenge and they had around 15 minutes left at the end because of stoppage time and injuries to the goalkeepers. They had 15 minutes to score one goal and they knew that if they scored, they would be up. They are the top goal scorers in the league, but they couldn't do it. Leeds broke away and scored. So when you look back at the weekend, they really did blow a huge chance. You won't get a better chance than that to be promoted automatically to the Premier League. You've been speaking to the fans. They were very confident last week. Mm. Feeling confident now? Yeah, I mean, some are still confident, others not so. I've been speaking to fans around Vicarage Road, and this is what they had to say. I'm ready, but I'm not confident. Uh, I think that uh, we blew it Saturday and um, we've already done the double over Leicester this season and I'm, uh, I'm not confident, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Nick, you were here on Saturday for that famous game against Leeds. Can you first of all describe your emotions from Saturday? Oh, I was disappointed, to say the least, but uh, it, it was always going to be a tough ask, wasn't it? So we, we, were, we were never in a posi- position we should have been after losing those games recently. So, so can you, as the fans, and them as the team... Or pick yourselves up and, and go again on Thursday night. Can you still do it? Can you still achieve promotion? I think we can. It'd be tough as Leicester are that team that have just got into the playoffs. So um, history always says that that's going to be the, the team to beat. So, But last time we went up, we finished third. So well, quite confident. Madam, your grandson is nine years old. He is a mad Watford supporter. What do you think it would mean to him at nine years old if Watford got back in the Premier League? Oh, he'd be thrilled to bits to see all the big teams and, you know, just see his team up there with all of them be great does he think they can do it do you think they can do it he thinks they can do it (laughs) nine year old's got to be correct isn't he (laughs) yeah well of course yes yeah and i mean they've done it before haven't they and they've got a good team this year so they should be able to do it again well i think if we beat 
beat Leicester there yeah, a couple of weeks ago, there's no reason why we shouldn't beat them again. So you think you can go to Wembley? When you get to Wembley, do you think you're going to win there as well? Well, I mean, everything's possible. I mean, it's a, it's a bit more of a lottery than uh, if we'd have won the match the other day, but yeah, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. Well, you can hear full commentary of Leicester versus Watford on Three County Sport from 7 tonight. Justin, your honest opinion, what do you reckon? Um, I think they'll certainly get through the two legs against Leicester. I think they'll do that because Leicester haven't been on the best of form recently, but of course, going to Wembley in a one-off game, if they were to get that far, absolutely anything could happen. Crystal Palace, I think if it was them, they'd certainly beat them, but Brighton, great footballing side. I would probably say, if I was a betting man, I would say they would get to the final, but then lose in the final. Mind you, I was saying yesterday morning yeah. that Sir Alex Ferguson won't be leaving <laughs> Manchester United, so I can get these things wrong. I heard you yesterday. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Fergie, he ain't gonna leave. He just said this programme last week. He's gonna stay, girl. He ain't gonna leave. <laughs> Ten minutes later, he's left. He's so you know absolutely nothing about football. That. Come on, most people in the game yesterday thought it was never gonna happen. We've heard these rumours before about Fergie. Always gonna be retiring. Then he comes out and says, what a load of rubbish. I'm here to stay. I think a lot of people were shocked yesterday and shocked as well at just how quickly yeah. it was confirmed that he was leaving. Incredible. I I know who they should get to replace him. Go on. Steve Green. Steve Green? Who's Steve Green? He's my mate. And he is <laughs> he is brilliant at football manager, the is computer he? game. Yeah, he's brilliant yeah. at it. Uh, I'm sure the people that, um, that are at Manchester United running the club might have something to say about that. But uh, yeah, give him a chance. I suppose, you know, with a team like Manchester United, uh, with all them great players, they need very little management. So Stevie Green, he might be able to do a job. He's good. But I, I, see, I would have thought they would have needed a lot of management because of all the egos there. You've yeah. got all, you've yeah. got thick people earning millions of pounds, and the egos must be running wild. It's a bit like BBC Three Counties Radio, isn't it? We've got yourself, we've got JBS. Yeah, yeah, I can see the comparison. Justin, can you do me a favour? Yeah. Uh, we've had a story this morning. Um, uh, this uh, female barrister, Barbara Houston, wants to lower the age of consent to 13 to mm. protect, uh, to, to end the persecution of old men. Mm. Right. Can you go out this morning, if you get a chance, and find out if anybody agrees with her at all? Yeah. Anybody, uh, does anybody agree out there in the three counties the age of consent should be lowered to 13? I'm on my way to Berkhamsted. I'll be putting that question to people. I think there may be an apology coming from this barrister later because I can't believe these words are true. Being lowered to 13 to end the persecution of old men. It's, um, it shocks me, but uh, we should find out what people have got to say in Berkhamsted throughout the morning. Justin, thank you very much indeed. A prominent barrister specialising in reproductive rights has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson, it's a woman. Does that make a difference? Does in my head a little bit. Don't know why. Said that the move was necessary to end the persecution of old men. Stephen Carlton, should we lower the age of consent to 13? I think it's a brilliant idea. In fact, why bomb, Why stay there? You know, just take it away completely. So all these dirty, perverty blokes can get, get away with it as well. I mean, this woman's mad. At 13... Is that they are still children? They may be physically mature, but they're mentally they're still babies. She's saying we should do it to um, end the persecution of old men. So, so men like Stuart Hall and Jimmy Savile, who've been been dragged through the, the press and, and uh, criminally punished. Well, not Savile, obviously he's dead for for what they did. That that, that that's unfair. <laughs> unfair. It's unfair. And the poor little children. They've ruined their lives. It's not unfair on them. Have you got kids, Steve? I have. I've got two boys. How old are they? 11 and 18. Well, nearly 18. What would you think if, if your lad, in a couple of years' time, when he's 13, 
was having sex, what would what would your what would you think? Because kids do oh, have sex, don't they? Uh, yeah, I know they do. I, I'd be really disappointed because it just takes away. You know, your whole child is just gone. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think thirteen is is an appropriate age at all. Like I say, that, that physically at thirteen. I don't know about the boys so much, but the girls, I mean, they're, they're physically grown up. But mentally, they're not grown up at all. They don't know what they want or what they're doing. The age of consent in Spain is 13 years old. You know, I, don't, I don't like it at all. Not at all. You're not keen? Not, 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 not at all, not at all. Steve, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Is there a, when I was asking Steve that about his boy having sex at the age of 13, is there a difference when it's girls having sex at the age of 13 with older men? Is that the difference? Older men doing it to, to younger girls? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Do you think the age of consent should be lowered to 13? In Spain, it's 13. In France, it's 14. What do you think? Greece, it's 15. It would be over there, wouldn't it? Um, Germany, it's 14. There are certain caveats around these uh, these rules. But yes, 08459, oh, 455, 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call on that. The story that uh, I just find fascinating. Detectives in the US state of Ohio have charged a man with kidnapping and rape after the rescue of three women who'd been held captive for more than a decade. Ariel Castro is due in court later. Two of the women have now returned to their families. Well, Matt Leach has more details. Matt, what can you tell us about these latest developments? Well, Ian, 52-year-old Ariel Castro owned the house from which Amanda Berry, Gina De Jesus and Michelle Knight were rescued on Monday. Uh, the police say they'd been bound with ropes and chains, uh, but they say interviews with the women have now provided enough information to bring charges. Uh, here's the Cleveland prosecutor, Victor Perez. I just signed criminal complaints charging Ariel Castro with four counts of kidnapping and three counts of rape. These seven criminal complaints are first-degree felonies. Now, you'll hear there that he does mention four counts, uh, and that's because, uh, obviously, we've got the three women and we've got the uh, six-year-old daughter of Amanda Berry, who was rescued with her. Uh, Castro has cooperated with police and agreed to take a paternity test, and uh, two of his brothers, people may have heard talk about them, uh, Ian, had also been arrested, but the police say they're not being charged. Is there still concern about whether the police could have done more to find these women earlier? because they went to the house, didn't they? Well, there is still, yeah, a live debate about that. Certainly questions being asked. Neighbours have spoken of reporting some suspicious behaviour at the house, but... The police have defended their actions, uh, saying they'd had nothing in the way of, of calls or complaints, uh, really, to indicate anything was, was substantially amiss at the house. So there does seem to be a little bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, the, the authorities say the women didn't leave the property during their imprisonment, apart from twice being allowed out briefly uh, into the back garden. And two of the women have returned to their families, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I, I'm sure a lot of people have seen those uh, joyous pictures of the house 
houses covered in uh, balloons and banners uh, such excitement and, uh, and joy there and it was Amanda Berry and Gina De Jesus who were abducted as young teenagers who've who've gone back to their families speaking after Gina's return home her father Felix uh, said he'd never given up hope I'm the one that kept this family together yes. I'm the one that had the hardest soul to fight to see this day because I knew my daughter was out there alive and Gina's aunt uh, has appealed to neighbours not to retaliate against the Castro family Matt, thank you very much indeed. Matt Leach there with uh, the, the ongoing saga. It's just an incredible uh, story, um, the, the, the kidnap of these three women. It'll be fascinating to see what happens. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Some of you have been commenting on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Should we lower the age of consent to 13? Anna says no! To stop the persecution of old men, 13-year-old years old, 13-year-olds are not adults, and some children haven't fully entered puberty at that age. And yes, I use the word children because no matter how grown up you feel at 13, you have a massive amount of emotional and physical growth to do. Well, what do you think? Do you agree with this female barrister? <laughs> This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Just a, a, a quick private message, if you don't mind me uh, doing this. Mark Lancaster, MP, answer your phone, please. There we go, that should sort things out. Right, lots coming up in the next hour of the show, including have you had enough of dealing with antisocial behaviour where you live? Well, a third of people in the three counties say they've witnessed problems. New powers to tackle it are being outlined. And I'll be speaking to a woman from Hoddesdon who's absolutely fed up with the verbal abuse she's getting from groups of people hanging around where she works. If someone in the car in front of you drops litter out of their window, should they be fined, regardless of who did it? A Conservative peer wants to make the laws tougher. Do you agree? 81333, start your text 3CR. And a prominent barrister has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson, it's a female barrister, and for some reason that changes things slightly in my head, said the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the, quote, persecution of old men, unquote. Should the age of consent be lowered? It's 13 in Spain, it's 14 in France... Should it be lowered here? Put my cards on the table. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. 13-year-olds are kids. Of course it shouldn't. Or do you disagree with me? Can we find anybody this morning who agrees with Barbara Hewson that, yes, the age of consent should be lowered? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Loads of you having your say about this. Do give me a call on this. Um, and and it, it, There must be somebody out there listening who's, think, who's nodding their head going, well, actually, no, she's, she makes a lot of sense. 13. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Joe on Facebook says, Appalling and shameful statement by Hewson. As a barrister, she should be fully aware of safeguarding the, and the need for legislation to protect children, not old men. The victims of the Jimmy Savile abuse scandal were kids when it happened to them. What message would this send out to paedophiles today? 
children at 13 do not, for many reasons, have the capacity to make decisions about what's best for them. We've got an email as well, BBC. Uh, no, hang on, what, what, what is our email address? 3cr at bbc.co.uk? Is that, is that right? Sounds about right. Just send, send it there and someone will get it. Um, Sue, in Luton's email. When it was acceptable to marry at 13 years old, the average life expectancy was 45, and we did not educate our girls beyond rudimentary reading and writing, if they were lucky. Does that barrister really want to go back to the dark ages? Reducing the age of consent means boys as well as girls. Do we really want boys, especially those confused about their sexuality, to be subjected to that sort of attention so young? Their bodies are still growing. No, 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 no. Does it make a difference if it's older men with younger girls or boys as opposed to older women with younger girls or boys? Does does that make a difference to it? So a 45-year-old man having sex with a 13-year-old girl or boy, is that different from a 45-year-old woman having sex with a 13-year-old girl or boy? I don't know. I'm just putting the question out there. 08459 455 555. We'll talk about that a bit more uh, in a little while. Now, new measures are, are to be introduced to target persistent antisocial behaviour in the three counties. Nearly one in three people say they've witnessed drink-related antics or are unhappy about groups of people hanging around the streets in their local area in the past year. Well, that's according to the Office for National Statistics. Under new laws, the police, councils and agencies would have to investigate any incident reported by at least five people. Well, we can talk now to Jodie Anderson, who owns the VIP tanning studio in Hoddesdon. Morning, Josie. Is it, sorry, is it Josie? It's Jodie, isn't it? Sorry, I've got that wrong. Yeah, Jodie. Jodie, thank you. Uh, what, what's been your experience of antisocial behaviour? It's just, like, stupid little things, really. I, they'll keep tapping on the window to get my attention, or they'll knock down my shoe rack, or they'll say say things just to intimidate you. What kind of things are they saying without using, you know, potty language? Swearing. They're, they're, they're effing and jeffing at you, are they? Yeah. And how often... They th- just want to get a reaction. How often does this happen, Jodie? Um, can be once a week, it can be every day. Right. Just uh, as and when they're in the area. And initially, oh, a bit of tapping on the window, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I imagine no. if it goes on and on and on and on and on, it drives you bonkers. Yeah, yeah. What happened on Saturday? I've been told there was an incident... Yeah, on Saturday, um, we were standing out uh, around the corner from my shop, which is basically the outside of my shop. Yeah. Oh, Jody, you, you're, we're losing your signal. Wherever you were, go back. Hello? Yep, I think we can hear you. Yeah. Uh, no, Jody, we're, Jody, we're going to give you a call back on, on another line because uh, we're losing you there. I know that um, that something happened on Saturday that I'm keen to, uh, to, to, to hear it clearly. Well, has it happened to you? Have you been intimidated by groups of people standing on street corners? I, just kids standing on street corners I don't have a problem with. But if they're saying things, if they're doing things that are intimidating, what experiences have you had with antisocial behaviour? And what can be done to stop it? Really? Have you had a word with these people? Have you spoken to them and said, Oi, go on, jog on? And Jodie made an interesting point there, didn't she? That they, they want a reaction out of you. So if you, you know, give them the, fi- the fingers and say, Oi, go on, hop it. That just makes it more fun for them, doesn't it? 08459 555 We've got Jodie back. Jodie, I think we can hear you better now. Hello. That's better. Yes, we can. So what happened on Saturday? There was just basically, they were standing at the corner of my shop, which basically is the outside, thinking they can, I couldn't see them. 
sort of thing. And then they kept walking up, spitting, knocking down my shoe rack, and I sort of ignored it, ignored it. And as I went to get my sign in and that, uh, when I shut up, they um, turned around and said, are we friends now? And I just turned around and said, if you get away from my shop, if you behave, then yes, we are. And as I went to walk in, I heard them swearing, calling me an effing C word. So I went out and I said, what, what was what was that sort of thing? And I just lost my temper, so I just walked back in. And how many of them are there, Jodie? Uh, it can be as small as about four of them to as big as about 15 of them. Oh, blimey. And how old are they? Well, I thought that they was around... 13, 14, the stuff that they're doing because it's just stupid, but it turns out there are 17. And have other businesses in, in, in that street experienced the same thing? Yes. And what have you done about it? Have you spoken to the police? Have you spoken to the we, council? We go to, we go to regular monthly meetings. We've had a meeting with the police and the, she, the inspector, the top person, and Really, they they can't really do a lot. The council's involved, the housing association's involved. They can't do a lot. Can't the police come along and kind of scare them a little bit? Well, I, I rang them on um, Saturday. I rang them because I'd lost my temper and I thought if they come back, I'm going to really lose my temper, so I'll just ring the police. And um, they didn't even come out. They they come out on the um, Sunday. They came out the, d- the next day? Yeah, they come in my oh. shop the next day. Oh, that's good of them, they, isn't it? That's... They only had um, two police officers on in Hertfordshire, so they couldn't really get out. Well, this this new system that's um, being talked about, this community trigger, means that, that um, the police and councils would be forced to act if they received five uh, or more complaints about antisocial behaviour. Do you think that that's what you need in Hoddesdon? Yeah, I think it is, because it's, it's just... It's, it's not really big crime, it's just silly little crime which might turn into something big because they try all they're trying to do is intimidate you so they get a, a big reaction that, that's all they're trying to do and how does it make you feel jody uh it makes me feel sometimes that i don't want to go to work that it's just it's just horrible really it's not very nice well listen I, I appreciate you coming on this morning you don't need me to tell you don't lose your temper with them It'll, it'll be you that gets in trouble, so don't... I know, that's what I keep saying to the police as well, and yeah. they, they don't really care. Well, listen, g- g- I would suggest that you, uh, you, every time it happens, you keep calling the police. They, they've got to come out at some point, I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Jodie, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much uh, indeed. That's Jodie Anderson, who owns VIP Tanning Studio in Hoddesdon. And when <clears throat> when it's put like that, oh, they're tapping on the window. Oh, they keep knocking my shoe rack over. You think, doesn't sound a lot... But when it's, it, it consistently happens, it's constantly going on. It's that small irritation again. And you don't want to be outside your shop and have a load of kids. Fifteen, group of 15 kids. I'm going to say it again, excuse me, cover your children's ears, calling you an effing C. You don't want that. That's awful. Being intimidated in your own business. Well, how would you deal with that? You're Jody. You've got a shop. You've got a group of kids. Let's say ten kids, early teens, swearing at you, intimidating you. How would you deal with it? Maybe you've had it happen to you. What did you do to get rid of it? I would suggest to Jody that every time, every time it happens, straight onto the police, straight onto the police, until they're thinking, "Oh God, not, not Jody again." 
Can someone go round and just see what's going on, please? Steve, can you pop round? So t- turn your lights on the car, scare the kids and see what she wants. That's what I'd do. Well, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call about that. The other thing we're talking about this morning, the uh, lowering of the age of consent. A female barrister, a female barrister. I don't know why I've... I feel I have to keep emphasising that because it seems... It seems more significant somehow that it's a woman, the maternal, protective. And yet it's a woman saying we should lower the age of consent to 13 to stop the persecution of old men. The old men she's referring to, Jimmy Savile, Stuart Hall and others. Tom in uh, Bromham, Bromham has texted in, 81333, starting his text 3CR, and including your name, Tom. Well done. My daughter is going to be 13 in September, and there's no way she'll be either physically or mentally ready to have sex. 15, possibly, but I prefer it being about 35. I do remember girls at my school having sex at 14 with blokes in their 20s, because the blokes had cars. That was it. I remember. I remember several girls. They weren't interested in me at the age of 14. They were interested in blokes who were 24, 25. And in Spain, the age of consent is 13. So maybe we have got it wrong. Perhaps this barrister's right. Perhaps we should lower the age of consent. So, uh, female barrister, Ms. Hewson, wants to lower the age of consent to 13 years old to uh, um, stop the persecution of old men. Luanne and Flittick, what do you think, Luanne? <laughs> It's laughable, really, isn't it? Um, what to, <laughs> I just got up this morning and heard you started doing the kids' sandwiches, and I thought, I'm making sandwiches for an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old. There is no way that they are ready for that kind of relationship. Yes, my 14-year-old is six foot one, and yes, he does look 16, 17 years old. But mentally, they're not ready. Why on earth should we... Um, cover the backs of people that are old and understand, well, they, they know what they're doing. They sh- it's the children we need to protect in the end of the day, and the laws are there for a reason. Um, what do they want? Do they want extra um, pregnancies at school? I mean, haven't they got enough underage pregnancies at the moment? Do they want children to leave school early because of it? Well, I, I, I imagine, get? I imagine, Miss Hewson, well, first of all, your, your youngest would have another five years before she'd be allowed to under Miss Hewson's rules. And I mm. imagine she would, th- th- she would encourage the, um, the better sex education to help hopefully prevent uh, those teenage pregnancies. Well, we haven't even had the, you know, the, the period kind of talk or anything like that. In the end of the day, she is a child. She's still. You know, she's still in lower school. There's no re- We should not be having that kind of conversation at this age. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you see, she asked where babies come from, and I don't want a baby and all this kind of stuff. And we've talked about sort of basics. But five years, that's nothing. It, it's, it's nothing. 13 years old, they're still little. <laughs> yeah, they're big. They're bigger than me. But they're still young in their minds. They're still young in their, you know, their mental um, and that kind of thing they're still young it's 16 i mean it's been 16 for a long time for heterosexual sex not so long for for gay sex is 16 the right age in in france it's um 15 in germany it's 14 it's it's 13 in spain although i've just read that they're apparently considering increasing it is 16 the right age well maybe we are behind the times but in the end of the day yes children are getting older earlier i i admit that we we do see that but 
it, it's there for a reason and protecting. What are the um, the statistics in these other European countries of children that are, um, you know, from from the age, um, you know, sexually active? What are the statistics from that country? Is there more pregnancies? Are they more careful? Um, are there more um, paedophile? Are there, not paedophile. Sorry. Are there more um, issues whereabouts? Um, sorry, my brain is not in gear. No, listen, my, it's a ridiculous time of the morning, and you're doing superbly. I don't have those statistics. Maybe someone listening does. If they do, give me a call. Uh, uh, finally, Luanne, um, Barbara Hewson, this this barrister, uh, said the move was necessary to end the quote persecution of old men. She's not thinking of the children, is she? She's not thinking of the children. She's thinking of these old men that think that they can have their way, like all these ones that have all been taken off and put in prison or reprimanded for, for issues that they had back years ago. You know, at the end of the day, they've got they've got a mind, they know what they're doing. These children are innocent and they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it at that age. Luanne, thank you very much indeed. You put your point across excellently, considering it's a ridiculous time in the morning and you're making sandwiches for the kids. Can we find anyone before nine o'clock who, th- who agrees with me, Susan, that this is a great idea? And yeah, of course we should lower the age of concern. 16 is completely inappropriate. 08459 455 555. Now, you're sitting in your car when you see someone in front throw litter out of their window. Well, how does that make you feel? In the future, whoever owns the car could be forced to pay a fixed penalty notice. Conservative peer Lord Marlesford will today put forward a proposal to the House of Lords. Well, uh, here in the three counties, our councils currently charge about 80 quid, reduced to 50 if paid within 14 days. And last year, Bedford Borough Council issued over 400 fixed penalty notices for littering. And our reporter, Justin Dealey, is in Hertfordshire. Justin, you've been speaking to lorry drivers. What have they been saying to you? Well, yeah, Ian, of course, uh, they've seen all sorts on the roads. I've been asking them what drivers throw out of the window of their vehicles and how bad the problem is, and this is what they had to say. It's normally coke cans, drinks, cigarettes. The main offender, I should think. Car drivers. Well, it's pretty grim, isn't it? All I've got to do is cover your bag. So, again, like all the other drivers that I'm talking to here, you're seeing this all the time? All the time. It's normally fast food wrappers out of cars. Fast food wrappers, bottles of pop, cans. That's the majority of it. And you've even seen somebody throw kittens out of a vehicle. I mean, I am absolutely shocked by this, like everybody else will be. When was this? What happened? Oh, it was a few years, a couple of years ago. I just saw a car slabbing down on towards the hard shoulder. I thought he was pulling in. And then down the side of it, there was kittens spalling down the motorway. They could barely walk. They're just newborn. General stuff they buy in sweet shops. Sweets, cigarettes, as I say, as you said, um, crisp packets. Stuff they just had a snack on while they've been coming down the motorway. And I tell you what you do say, oh, beer cans far enough, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> beer cans far enough. But a lot of them will pull in eat in laybys and then just throw all that stuff out the car windows as well so it's not just truck drivers it is car drivers but yeah it is getting worse now you're not doing this you're a responsible driver so when you're seeing this all the time how does it make you feel it just makes us feel you don't really want to pull into any places now just because they're just dirty now and they're just just it's just foul there could be rats and everything around feeding off all the rubbish it's just just horrible out there Terrible, like, uh, I mean, you see it all the time. Every, every other person's chucking something out their window. So how do we stop it? What, more fining? Uh, I suppose the camera's on the side of the road taking your registration number. Ken, if you've got the CCTV that are monitoring the, 
the roads. That's be the only way to do it. I would say. Justin, you spoke to Alex Ferguson, and you didn't get <laughs> the latest on him leaving his job. I know what's going to be happening tomorrow, then, Alex. But sir, did you? Did, sorry, did one of those there. gentlemen? I, I, I must have misheard. Mm. I, I'm sure I heard one of those gentlemen saw say he saw some cats being thrown out of a car window. Yes, absolutely true. Um, he saw that a couple of years ago. When I mean, obviously beer cans is one thing, but uh, he actually wow. saw somebody slow up on the motorway and then throw kittens out of the vehicle, and they were going down the motorway. It's incredible. Isn't JD, it? where are you now? I'm in Berkhamsted. I'm with uh, Colin Garrett from the Berkhamsted Litter Pickers. Colin, thanks for your time. You're live across Bed Starts and Bucks. How many volunteers have you got picking up litter week in, week out here? Oh, just over 100. I think it's 103 now. And what sort of things are you picking up? Oh, all sorts. The worst offenders in terms of numbers are the cigarette smokers who drop their packets, their fag ends and all the rest of it. Others are those who eat and drink on the streets. Uh, Beer cans, Coca-Cola bottles, wrappers from uh, fast food places. They just seem to toss them out. Colin, what do you get from this? Because effectively you're doing the job of Decorum Borough Council. So if you're going around picking up other people's mess, what do you get from this? Well, we get a cleaner town to start with. Uh, If we wait for Decorum to do it, we'll all be dead. They haven't got the time, the money uh, or the people. Um, And we get a lot of satisfaction from a bit of fresh air, a bit of exercise and meeting other people. Most of us do our own street, so you see the neighbours as you go up and down the street. It's not a particularly good line. A couple of final questions for you. Is the only way to deal with people who litter the streets to find them and get in there and find them quickly? Well, I think a few big fines with lots of publicity would probably uh, encourage the others, so to speak. Um... The real answer is education from the cradle to the grave, but uh, that takes a generation or two. And you want people to grasp people up as well, so if they see somebody in a in a vehicle which is branded and they're throwing cigarette butts, litter out of the car, whatever you want to call it, you want people to do the right thing, to phone that company and say, look, this is what your employee's doing, deal with them. Well, I've done it once or twice myself, and it does seem to work. The company phoned up and said, thank you for telling us that we will speak to the driver. Um, so maybe it'll work. Appreciate your time. Thank you. That's uh, Colin Garrett from Berkhamsted Lissa Pickers joining us live on the programme. Uh, his job and the other volunteers here is uh, effectively in to go around and, and pick up other people's rubbish because they are chucking things out of their car, chucking things down the street without a care in the world. You ever done it, Justin? Uh, what, Lissa, when I was younger? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, out he... of the car. Do you... uh, let me be completely honest. I have, Ooh. on occasion, chucked the odd apple core out of the window because it's Ooh. biodegradable. Very, very infrequently. Bad boy. Bad, bad boy. You ever, you ever chucked anything out of the car window, um, Justin? Yes, a long time ago. Long time ago. But, of course, I think a lot of it, as, as Colin was saying, How there, is long all to do with education. I can't remember. This is that BBC interview course you've been <laughs> on, isn't it? You're pushing me. You're pushing me. I know. And look, and you're deflecting, which means you're hiding something. Justin, uh, listen, great stuff. The line is a, a little bit dodgy, so I'll let you go. Thank you very much indeed. Justin Daly there. 08459 455 555. Very quick look at the front pages of the newspapers, shall we? Uh, a, a lot of it is um, that football man who's um, not a football man anymore. Um, Alex Ferguson uh, quit. We all know that. Uh, co- this is the Independent Coalition adrift as key policies go missing from Queen's speech. Lots of things missing from the Queen's speech yesterday. Gay marriage. Um, all the other things. There are a couple of other bits and um, pieces. Anyway, we'll have a look at that later, possibly. Uh, and reunited with their families after a decade in captivity. The Times. Defective implants threaten the unborn. Researchers call for breast surgery inquiry. Thousands of women with faulty breast implants are at risk of exposure to chemicals known to damage unborn babies. I don't want to scare you or anything, but yeah, those boobs look great, but they're dangerous. Toxic boobs. 
which is a great name for a band. If anybody wants that, you can have that. I, w- I would pay to go and see the Toxic Boobs live, live in concert. Uh, the Guardian, there's uh, Alex Ferguson. Uh, and offenders face supervision by private firms. Tough 12-month regime for prisoners after release will include drug tests. Let's have a look at one more. Alex Ferguson, I refuse to call him Fergie. Emergency care in crisis admits NHS regulator. The NHS uh, emergency care is out of control across large swathes of the country. The chairman of the Health and Social Care Watchdog has warned. Too many patients, especially the elderly, are arriving in hospital as emergency cases when they should have received help much earlier. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, coming up in the next half an hour, the government has backed Watford Council's plan to build on allotments in the town. Campaigners who wanted to save them are upset. They'll be joining me on the programme next, along with the Mayor of Watford, Dorothy Thornhill. And we've got some interesting news about the schools. How safe are the schools that your kids go to? You might be surprised to know how many of them have got asbestos in. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There are plans afoot to um, change the law slightly. So if someone in a car that's owned by you has litter thrown out of it, you as the owner are responsible, and you'll have to pay the fine. Dave's in Luton. Dave, sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? I don't think so. Not for the driver, in a sense, or Why? the owner. Why? Well, you're going down the motorway at fifty mile an hour, yourself and three people in the car. You've got your eyes controlled on that road to save you not getting injured, your passengers or anyone else. Suddenly, the next, the bloke at the back winds down the window and throws a packet of, uh, empty packet of fag out. I, the police car behind pulls me over and I get the fine. Yeah, sounds perfectly fair to me. But what have I got to do? Have I got to pull over on the hard shoulder if it's, if it's available, walk back and pick up the fag packet? No, you pay the fine. Or you stop no, the no, gentleman no, from... No, no, I'm concentrating on that road, right. which they say in the highway code, keep your eyes on the road. Yeah. I'm concentrating. I don't know what the idiots at the back are doing. If they're throwing stuff out the window. Why have you got idiots? Why would you have idiots in your car? Well, you I do, don't allow don't idiots. I don't allow idiots in my car. Well, how do you know that you're driving along that road and somebody sits in your car, your mates or something of that nature, and they throw out a packet of empty packet of fags? Dave, can you remind me, what's, what's the law? If, if, um, if a passenger in the car that you're driving isn't wearing a seatbelt, whose responsibility is that? That's theirs. No, it's not. It's yours. It, it is. No. No, no. I, I tell everyone who gets in my car, no. put your seatbelt Exactly. On. And you're legally responsible to ensure they do that. If I'm sat in your car, if I'm the idiot sat in your car and I'm not wearing a seatbelt, it's you that would get in trouble because you, Dave, are responsible for your vehicle well, and you, everybody I'll that's in it. What, I'll, get, I'll get that checked out because if, if you're going along the road and they pull you up and they see that one of the passengers yep. hasn't got a seatbelt on, yep. I can't see the police are going to come up to you. They're going to have that passenger. No, they're, they're not. not they're going to have you. No, no they're going to have the driver of the vehicle, Dave. That's, well, that's the law. That's the rule. <laughs> Well, I'll check that out, and if that's right, it's a stupid, it's a stupid thing if they catch you by camera. No, it's it's, but it's not a stupid thing because it promotes safety. What, what I'm the point I'm trying to make, and if I've got it wrong, I apologise. I'm sure that's right. So someone give me a call and, and, and let me know either way. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, you are responsible for your vehicle and everybody that's in it. So it, yeah, yes, the sa- yeah, the safety. So that while you're exactly. sitting there driving, you don't know if that bloke's going or someone's going to wind down that window and throw out a cig- you- empty cigarette packet. You don't know that. You're, Dave, you're, you're concentrating driving. Dave, you've just you've just given you've just given the answer. You're responsible for the safety of that vehicle and those around you, aren't you? 
Yeah, you just said that. So, driving, you, yeah. For so, driving. you're responsible for the for the safety of that vehicle and those around you. So, if your idiot mate in the back chucks out a fag packet, it hits a motorcyclist, and he goes off his bike. You're That's responsible. Not my fault, is it? It is. No, oh no, 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 no. Let's get a bit of logic here. If somebody throws out a, a fag packet out the back of the car uh, window, and I'm doing that driving on that motorway, and I'm watching the road sturdily. Yep. And it's a motorcyclist, and that motorcyclist gets injured. I'm not responsible for that person throwing out that uh, that man's injuries. Dave, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, do you agree with Dave? And I'm sure I've got that right. If if your passenger isn't wearing their seatbelt, the driver's responsible, aren't they? I think that's right. Someone will uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, campaigners say they will seek a judicial review after the government backs Watford Council's plan to build on allotments in the town. The Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government yesterday granted consent to appropriate the farm terrace allotment land for the benefit of the Watford Health Campus Scheme. After 100 years of being there, the council planned to build 600 new houses on top of the plots behind Watford Football Club, plus expand the General Hospital. Well, Sarah Jane Trebar is from the Save Farm Terrace Allotment Campaign, and Mayor Dorothy Thornhill is the Liberal Democrat Mayor of the town. They both join me now. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Sarah Jane, we'll start with you first. You must be very upset by this decision. We're absolutely gutted, as you can imagine. Um, it's, it's unbelievable to think that um, the Secretary of State has agreed for this land to be used and has gone against his own... In fact, the, um, the allotment... Um, the allotment statutory agreement that the um, the relocation of the allotment site should be within three quarters of a mile, when in actual fact Paddock Road is nearly three miles away from Farm Terrace currently, um, we're, we're gutted because, as you can imagine, that's far too far for many of our allotment holders to actually walk to, and quite far for people to drive to. It's it's going to it's going to be devastation devastating to many of our plot holders. Some people might suggest, Sarah Jane, that, that three miles isn't that far in the great scheme of things. You are being compensated by giving, being given a new allotment. <laughs> What's the fuss? Have you tried walking three miles with a wheelbarrow and three small children? I, I have not done that, if I'm completely honest, no. And the whole point about allotments, you know, we live in very small terraces with tiny backyards. For most of us, it's our only chance to get out into open green space. And the fact that it should be near to our homes is very important. Also, it means for future generations of people who live in this wonderful area of Watford will have to behave like, basically, like refugees going to South Oxy to use their allotment land. It could um, be argued that, it could be argued that, that an allotment is a luxury. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, this government is trying to claim that it's the greenest government yet. We fail to see how that's happening. You know, at the moment, it's so important that you grow your own. It's so important to be able to, to be self-sufficient. It's not a luxury. It should be a basic right. Well, let's speak to the, uh, the Liberal Democrat mayor of the town. Dorothy, why, why are you um, treating these people with contempt? Um, hardly contempt, um, given the consultation and the campaign that's gone on. Um, this is actually about the majority of people in Watford, and not just Watford, but southwest Hertfordshire, wanting and needing 21st century health care. Um, it's about people needing new homes, new jobs. 
this is a major redevelopment site of 26 hectares of which the allotments comprise a small but significant amount of land and um, Sarah Jane I really have to take issue with the three miles um, some people have already moved to an allot- allotment very very close to the current allotment site there are do still you know vacancies how many, do you know how many plots there are still on vacancies site? on that site do you know how many plots I don't available? know how many but I the point is because I have Sarah, let's about eight or nine plots right well then in that case very very few people who don't have a car and it is very <laughs> very few should immediately transfer to the closest and in fact we've plotted where everybody lives on a map and some people are actually closer uh, to Paddock Road and to other allotment sites in the borough um, and in fact when the um, the objections were given to this very few of the allotment holders actually individually protested um, so I, I think mean, there's a real misconception about the old Dorothy, Dorothy let Sarah Jane speak Dor- Dorothy just let, let, just let Sarah yes, Jane respond to that first so, Dorothy, Dorothy ladies ladies please excuse me no Sarah Jane no, me, no hang on listen listen and listen Mayor Dorothy Thornhill be quite please please let you've just spoken Dorothy let's just let Sarah Jane come back on that first point. Interrupted throughout. No, uh, you. In fairness, I let you speak, Dorothy. Let Sarah Jane interrupt. Thank you, thank throughout. you, Ian. Sarah thank Jane. you for listening to us, where Mayor Dorothy seems to fail. Okay, let's let's. What's what's your point, Sarah Jane? That we decided as a group to protest individually. We thought we would be conquered, or they would try to conquer us. So that's why we decided as a group, as a large group, to protest against this. Dorothy. Uh, and indeed, you alienated some people in the process. <laughs> People who felt that actually that your campaign was negative and that, um, you know, that it wasn't necessarily in the best interest. But actually, I don't think this is about allotments. This no, is you actually... Don't. Sarah, Jane, let, let, the, you Sarah Jane, let Dorothy speak. The fact that we are reprovising allotments, the fact that, Three Watford, that Watford has actually over the national limit there is a national um, accepted rate we are over provided what for in the town and Sarah Jane let, let Dorothy finish her point if please if the Secretary of State had believed your argument Sarah Jane he would have found against us Absolutely. in fact the decision is unequivocal it does not even hedge its bets it is absolutely clear that the benefits to people of n- new hospital new homes public open space outweighs the few people who currently Dorothy, use the Sarah, allotment. Dorothy, let Sarah Jane come in. Sarah Jane. Dorothy, Dorothy. Not regret. Please, I speak, Mayor Dorothy, please. The, the, the Secretary of State has completely fallen for all the propaganda and the red herrings and the emotional blackmail that you try to sell. You sell it to almost everybody apart from the residents of Watford who completely understand that at the end of the day, the health campus will probably never be built, but there will be more houses, there will be more demand on our schools, there will be more demand on our doctor's surgery, and we will have absolutely no provisions in this central area of Watford to be able to 
grow our own food and to interact as a community. Dorothy, is the uh, the health centre the Sarah Jane suggested it might never be built? Is that is that a priority? When does when does if work this, start if on that? If this decision had gone the other way, okay. we could have almost certainly said it won't happen. When does when does and building work start on the health centre? Um, well, the new chief executive is currently working on exactly which part she wants to happen first, and we assume it's going to be the new maternity unit because obviously a major hospital doesn't get built in one go. And when does building work um, start? Well, I'm, I'm assuming that they're working on their plans as we speak. You'd exactly. really have to no talk. plans. Where's the funding, Dorothy? The funding will come from government. We'll come, are you, we'll come, are we'll we actually we'll arrive. saying that you we should plan? Sorry, we should plan for the future on the assumption that Watford <sighs> will not get a new hospital. Let, let's let's defeat be defeated now. Let's throw in the towel now. Let's not Dorothy, want what our town needs. Are you suggesting that? I that, that don't think so. Are you suggesting that the funding for the hospital isn't there yet? The funding for the hospital isn't there because yeah, the hospital exactly. have not put in their ah. uh, put in their bid for funding. But well, you still use uh, it as emotional as that. When Because without the allotment land, it is far less likely okay. to succeed. When does the hospital b- bid for funding go in? The, you'll have to talk to the hospital. You don't know that. that. Yeah, you don't know. know. You'll have to talk. I, to I would have thought, Dorothy, that, that you, you would have been aware of that. You, you'd have been over the entire the plan. Process, are you not? The process has been changed by the government previously okay. and by this government. So Although you've backed this plan, you don't know the, you don't know the details about it. I, I absolutely... That's a very glib statement, but... No, you uh, actually, can you answer no, it? Let's, no, let's be fair. No. No, the you funding, want to be fair. The funding of a hospital is a major, major piece of infrastructure. But you don't seem to know the ins you and outs of it. I do know the ins and outs of it. Well, I know... When are they applying for their funding? They will be applying for their... They are already applying for funding for the first stage. And how much They're money do they need? They're already putting money into the new road that's needed. Okay. They've already built the new AAU. The plans are afoot to build a new maternity... Okay, it's just... You just said, hang on one second, hang on one second, Dorothy, Dorothy, you just, you just, you did just say you didn't know when the the plan was going in, and now you said the the, the application for funding has gone in. No, I didn't say that. Okay, I'm getting confused. So so when is the application for funding going in? I know that they're currently talking with the department, um, you know, the fact that I don't know exactly which week they're... I didn't ask for a a week, just a a rough date when you think the application will go in. They will be looking for funding for their new maternity unit very Soon. Okay, listen, we, we have to end it there. I hope you, you feel you both got your say. I suspect you don't, but um, time is against us, and um, I, I think you both put your points forward very well. Last voice you heard there was Dorothy Thornhill, who was the Liberal Democrat Mayor of Watford, and uh, before that it was Sarah Jane Trebar from the Save Farm Terrace Allotment Campaign. Now, if you contract the cancer mesothelioma after exposure to asbestos, it'll be easier to claim compensation. Yesterday, the Queen announced the mesothelioma bill, which will ensure sufferers of a certain asbestos-related cancer receive payments where no liable employer or insurer can be traced. But the scheme only covers anyone diagnosed with this condition after July the 25th last year. Well, you may remember we spoke to uh, Ian MacDonald recently, whose wife Hazel died from the illness in 2012, after a two-year battle with the disease. Currently, Ian is taking legal action uh, against Luton Borough Council after an inquest established that Hazel, who was a teacher at a school in Luton, came into contact with the dangerous fibres during her work. Well, Ian is in the studio now, along with his solicitor, Malcolm Underhill. Malcolm, thank you very much for your coaching on saying the word. Thank you. Uh, and you're saying that the Queen bottled out of saying it yesterday, mesothelioma yesterday. I'm not saying that she bottled <laughs> out of it. She uh, dealt with it very well. Thank you both for co- coming in. Ian, nice to see you again. Can you just remind those who, who perhaps didn't hear the story before, what, what happened with Hazel? 
Hazel taught in school in Luton. Just come a little bit closer to the microphone so we can hear. That's perfect. Hazel, Thank Hazel you. Hazel taught in school for Luton for um, many, many, many years, and uh, somehow or other, she picked up this asbestos bug, suffered with it for about eighteen months. Uh, she had retired from school, and unfortunately, it got her in the end. It uh, it gave her lung cancer, and uh, she passed away. How did it affect her? How how ill was she? And again, if you could just come ever so slightly closer, sorry, that's thank you, that's perfect. Um, how did it affect her? It it it's a horrible little disease because it um, it damages the lining of the lung. Uh, it fills the lining of the lung up with moisture, gives you symptoms like pneumonia. Uh, you have to have that drained out, and then they 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 pump in a talcum powder to seal. Uh, to stick the lung to the side warnings is very painful mm. and eventually the cancer actually then coats all the oxygen areas of the lung and uh, eventually you, your brain is starved of oxygen you go do alley you, you, so not only do you go a little bit um, you begin to imagine things because you've got oxygen starvation and eventually it, it kills you. So as well as seeing uh, your wife suffering in pain, mm-hmm. she's also suffering towards the end with, with mental deficiencies because of the lack of oxygen. Well, she imagined things like caterpillars crawling across carpets, things like this. It, it just, it's so sad. You say it's sad. When, when you see your wife like that, how are you feeling? You can't do anything. You literally can't do anything. Um, and it's just... You have to take each day as it comes. Um, uh, I, I treated, I looked after her for ages and ages at home. Uh, and Macmillan helped me an awful lot uh, with respite. Uh, but apart from sort of like dosing her up with all the morphines and things <coughs> like that, there's just nothing mm. you can do. You just have to watch them deteriorate. This bill um, that's being passed, it won't help your case because it only dates it back to um to, to last year but does it does it give you hope do, 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 this is obviously a positive change that's being made isn't it oh yes definitely i mean i haven't really looked into it because i only heard about it yesterday mm. um and even what i heard wasn't really detailed enough but um i mean hazel was given an industrial injuries grant uh to tide her over with various uh, financial requirements. Um, what's a little bit sad about that is that now has to be found and paid back. How much do you have to pay back? Well, I think she got in the end. We've we've haven't had a bill, but we've had an indication that we're going to be paying back something like about forty four thousand pounds. Where are you going to get that from? Well, fortunately, we didn't uh, spend too much of the grant. So, um, well, well, we'll just find it. Well, joined as well by uh, Malcolm Underhill, your solicitor. Uh, Malcolm, well, well, let's talk about that grant, £44,000 grant that was paid, and it, it, that has to be paid back. Uh, well, according to him, it does have to be paid right. back. It's not something we've discussed in detail right. before, but we'll, obviously we will do so and see whether that really is necessary or it can, it can be avoided. Just explain, obviously without getting us into trouble, the, the kind of legal background to Ian's story and, and bring us up to date as to where we are now. Well, the, the legal position is that, uh, as Ian is related to you, um, it was clear 
from what Hazel and Ian knew that uh, Hazel had been exposed to asbestos in a particular school uh, within Luton. And when she died, uh, there was a coroner's inquest. The coroner carried out a full investigation and his conclusion, as you reported, was that she had died as a result of asbestos in occupation in a school. Uh, And that confirmed clearly what Ian knew anyway. And as a consequence of that, Ian instructed me to take action on his his behalf. Uh, And that is what we've done. We've taken uh, a case against uh, the school and local authority. And where are we now with with that? The position is that uh, we are waiting for a detailed response from the insurers of uh, Luton Borough Council to the allegations. It's disappointing that... Uh, best part of five months has passed and they have declined to give answers to the allegations so it's disappointing bearing in mind that they know what the evidence is because the evidence was there before a public court the coroner's court and they are uh, making things difficult by demanding of us of ian and i to set out precisely what dates hazel was employed at this particular school now, the reality is that Luton employed Hazel. They know exactly when she... Would. Do you think they're just stalling and, and slowing I, I, things down? I, I'm afraid so, and that's one of the issues that we may see developed from this bill, is the whole issue of time and perhaps tactics deployed by employers and or insurers that can cause, that causes delay and as a consequence distress, particularly in a case where we've already had some pretty good evidence mm. from the coroner's court that the reason for Hazel's untimely demise was because of that exposure in a school. There's no reason for for Luton, in my view, to delay and acknowledging that it is Mm. their fault. We're running out of time. We've only got about another 45 seconds. I could talk to you on one. This is fascinating. But since we last spoke, you've submitted a freedom of information request mm-hmm. to Luton Borough Council. What, what does that I have indeed. You? I asked about uh, the existence of asbestos in schools within Luton. Uh, they responded by saying there were 69 schools. In 64 of those schools, there was asbestos. And the concern is, one, that there is so much asbestos in so many schools. Uh, But what really follows from that is, well, what is Luton doing about managing that? Well, we've got a a statement from the council. It's very long. It basically boils down to the last sentence. We currently do not have any plans to remove asbestos from schools, is what they're saying. That that goes against uh, a recommendation from an all-party parliamentary group from last year that, that recommended that asbestos be removed because, as they described it, it's a time bomb very quickly how many other how many schools did you say within luton have got asbestos uh 64 out of 69 well listen we're out of time ian i appreciate you coming in if you don't mind we'd like to keep in touch with you and just see how this progresses um and uh, thank you so much for coming in and being thank so you. honest about it i know it can't be easy <music> morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio lots to cram in between now and JVS at nine o'clock, including have you had enough of dealing with antisocial behaviour where you live? A third of people in the three counties say they've witnessed problems. New powers to tackle it are being outlined. I'll be speaking to a member of the Hitchin Street Angels who've been trying to prevent antisocial behaviour in the town. If someone in the car in front of you drops litter out of their window, should they be fined regardless of who did it? Conservative peer wants to make the laws tougher. Do you agree? And a prominent barrister has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson said the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the, quote, persecution of old men. 
What do you think? Should the age of consent be lowered? Loads of girls at my school were doing it when they were 14 with older men. Say older men in their 20s, early 20s, because they had cars. Wasn't quite a paedophile ring, as Peter on Facebook described it. And no, of course I wasn't going to go to the police. I was 14 as well. I didn't know what was going on. 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, Peter seems uh, very upset that uh, I didn't go to the police at the age of 14 um, and report this paedophile ring that was taking place. It was hardly a paedophile ring. Looking back, I can now see, of course, it was completely inappropriate for blokes in their 20s to be having sex with 14-year-old girls. At the time, we kind of thought, well, why are they looking at those older guys, not us? And I I think it's pretty common, even now, 14, 15-year-old girls having sex with blokes in their early 20s. It happens. I'm not saying it's right in the slightest. Of course I'm not. I can see it's completely wrong. But, and also just to clarify something earlier on in the conversation earlier, I was saying that the driver is responsible for the passengers wearing seatbelts. The driver is responsible for children to wear seatbelts. The other passengers are responsible for their own wearing of seatbelts, just to clarify that. Now, new measures are to be introduced to target persistent antisocial behaviour in the three counties. Nearly one in three people say they've witnessed drink-related antics or are unhappy about groups of people hanging around the streets in their local area in the past year. That's according to the Office for National Statistics. Under new laws, the police, councils and agencies would have to investigate any incident reported by at least five people. Well, Graham Williams is the project coordinator for the Hitchin Street Angels. They're a group of volunteers who go out on Saturday nights to try and reduce antisocial behaviour. Uh, Graham, tell me about the, the, the Hitchin Street Angels. What exactly do you do? Good morning, Ian. Yeah, we're a group of volunteers from churches together in Hitchin, and we're out Saturday nights between uh, 10 in the evening through to about 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're patrolling the streets in the town centre. And what kind of behaviour are you trying to prevent? Well, first of all, we're not there to prevent antisocial behaviour. We're there really, our focus is on caring for people in our community. Um, but as a consequence of that, uh, Ian, we, we are seeing a reduction in antisocial behaviour. What, what kind of behaviours? Well, I think one of the things is we're seeing coming across obviously groups of people, uh, alcohol does uh, contribute to this, where they're getting a little bit leery, having a good time, etc. And what we're doing is engaging with them. We're coming up to them, talking to them, engaging with them, communicating with them. And saying what? Well, we're just chatting to them, really, because uh, we're trying to, shall we say, uh, uh, dampen the flames before they get out of hand. Um, so you go up to people who've had a drink and are having a good time and... and... Well, what happens... Ruin that good time. <laughs> Have you been out and hitching on a Saturday night, Ian? I haven't been out on a Saturday <laughs> night for years. I've got two kids. Um, you, you're going to get between 150, 200 people sometimes on the street. So, and they're going around in groups of two, three, fours, up to groups of eight or nine. What happens is uh, we're, we're walking up to them and chatting them, making sure they're having a good time, making sure they're going to get home safely, etc. Um, we're engaging with them. Um, we're not judging. We're not judging them. And uh, we'll be doing this now for a couple of well, years. Well, what are you saying to them, Graham? When you say you engage with them, what does that mean? Well, we're trying to find out what they're, where they're going, what they're doing, how they're having a good time, etc. And what we're finding is that, um, especially with a lot of young people, uh, very few people, very few people actually talk to them. Um, so we can actually talk to them. You know, sometimes we're spending maybe twenty minutes having a conversation with a guy who's really had a rough time at home, rough time in life, um, and we just. Maybe point him in the right direction. When you say point him in the right direction, Graham, are you pointing them in the direction of Christ? Um, that w- would be uh, one way, isn't it? But 
Because I'll be honest, listen, I haven't had a drink for, for a long time, but I would hate it if I was out with my mates on a Saturday night and someone came up and started talking to me about Jesus. Uh, we don't. We don't start talking about Jesus. That's the, that's the last thing we do. We talk about what their issues are, and we listen to them and talk to them and help them. So, give you an example. A um, couple of guys we met uh, a couple of weeks ago had no money. Yeah, couldn't get home. Um, they were getting a bit bit anxious and, so we say, uh, loud with not being able to get home. And they were arguing with taxi drivers to take them home. So we went up to them, talked to them, found out what their problem was. We then phoned one of their parents, yeah, spoke to the parents and said, have you got some money to pay for a taxi if we can get the, your son home? Um, the parents agreed. We then persuaded the taxi driver to get these couple of guys into a taxi and take them home. So they got home safely, taxi driver got paid, and obviously that didn't kick off into them um, causing any problems in the, in the town. You say you have reduced antisocial behaviour, that's wonderful. What, what do residents and, and local businesses say? Um, well, we're not dealing with residents, of course. Local businesses have noticed, and the police, the most important thing is the police have noticed, and they have made, we've got st- uh, statistics that have proven that we've, not we necessarily as individuals, but as part of an integrated group with street rangers, um, door stewards, that there's been a 38% reduction in antisocial behaviour in Hitchin Town Centre. Graham, are you not worried that you or your mates are going to get walloped one night? Well, we've been doing this for two years, and so far we've not had a, an incident where violence has occurred with us. We witnessed violence mm. in the streets with other people. Um, but the public, the young people, have got to know us now over the couple of years. And we've had young people coming up to us and saying, look, there's a problem around the corner. Can you go and sort it? Um, we're not there to go and sort a fight out, but we're there to go and help people. Um, you know, we've got a radio link with the police and paramedics, so if there's a real serious incident, we would obviously call paramedics. And the police are, the police are happy for you to do this? They don't see this as, as, as vigilantism or, or you getting in the way of anything? No, no, no. We, we, we have a calming influence, so the police are very happy and they encourage us to, to be out there and they support us in what we're doing. Um, no, no, they're, they're very, very opposite. Okay, great. Listen, thank you very much for that. Keep mm. up the good work. If, you, if you're okay. reducing, you know, the naughtiness in the streets, that's um, that's got to be uh, got to be a good thing. Um, Mark Lancaster is the uh, Conservative MP for Milton Keynes North East. Mark, why didn't ASBOs work? Oh, Mark, so I've got your fader down. Try again. Mark, why didn't ASBOs work? Well, firstly, good morning. Good morning. Um, I think uh, there's a number of reasons why ASBOs haven't worked, uh, not least complexity. Um, sometimes, of course, they were viewed almost as a... Badge of honour. I think, um, listening to your previous conversation, it's important to recognise that uh, whilst the government now is taking some positive steps with this community trigger and trying to simplify the process to try and make sure that the police um, do act and give the powers to the police to encourage them to do so, any sort of legislation is only one tool in the toolbox when it comes to tackling antisocial behaviour. I mean, we're fortunate and um, crime is down in, in our area, but we still do have a problem with antisocial behaviour. So I think this is simply a recognition of that um, and trying to make sure that between the police and the community themselves, we have the ability to tackle antisocial behaviour. Does Milton Keynes have a problem with, with antisocial behaviour? We do at times, I'm afraid. Uh, what what I'm kind of things? 
Well, it tends to be, uh, and this really refers to my point. I mean, perhaps on a Friday night in my own hometown, you know, we can we can get gatherings of young people, partly because they have, perhaps haven't got other things to do, um, and that can then lead to problems. We've had a series of um, incidents um, in Milton Keynes. My constituents come to me and tell them about it, and sometimes they feel that these 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 sort of actions aren't being sort of dealt with properly by the police. Not simply because the police um, don't want to, but because they don't always have the powers in place. And I think, really, we have to make sure that underpinning other actions are the ability for the police to go and deal with it. And that's really what we're trying to um, address. I would imagine that antisocial behaviour is hard to legislate because it covers so many things, doesn't it? It's hard to put a specific definition on it. Well... That's true, uh, and that's also why, to some extent, um, as the ASBO sort of got more and more complicated, I think there were 16 different streams. You know, we are now trying to sort of move away from the complexity uh, by simplifying the process uh, so that the police can get on and deal with it. But I emphasise again that whilst I support this, you know, proposed legislation, it's only one tool in the toolbox, and we need to think slightly wider about why we sometimes have these problems uh, and try and tackle them um, with young people at source. Oh, I'm all for, for, you know, if young people have had trauma, then uh, trying to deal with that. But if there are jobs out there puking up in the street and having fights and graffitiing and stuff, then they should be punished, shouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. And that's precisely why um, the government is introducing legislation to try and tackle that. I'm not uh, suggesting a softly, softly approach. Uh, anything but. I think the government's been quite tough. Uh, it's recognising that aspects haven't worked and we're now going to bring in a much tougher regime. All I'm saying is um, that, you know, that is, that is one aspect of it and there are others as well. Mark, thank you very much indeed. Mark Lancaster, Conservative MP for Milton Keynes North East. Uh, Lisa's in Borenwood. Good morning, Lisa. Morning, Ned. Uh, have you um, struggled with antisocial behaviour where you live? Uh, yes, Ian. What's happened? Um, as I'm actually talking to you now, I've got a, an Excel spreadsheet open up in front of me. Um, which has been asked, the police asked me to, to log every incident that had happened um, since August 2011 up until um, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Uh, I've had occasion to, to get in touch with the police either via email on 101 or 999 64 times. Excuse me, 64 times? 64 times. What, 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 give us a couple of the worst examples of things that have happened. Um, a brick, uh, it wasn't a brick, it was a lump of rock through my son's bedroom window at four o'clock in the morning. How old's your son? He's 20. Right, and, and was this deliberately aimed at, at your uh, son, yes, do you think? There was one missed one that went onto the roof and smashed four roof, t- roof tiles. Um, I've worked with the council, I've worked with the housing association and the police. Um, as a joint agency and to get those people to actually talk to the people in the street. Why did, why did they pick on your son? Has he done something? No, it was me in general because I've, I've stood up to, right. to, to, to what's been going on, Ian. And what did the police and the council say? They've served, um, they've served as pose. They've served antisocial behaviour injunctions on um, three and as pose on two. Any effect? Uh, one has now gone to, um, he's now gone to prison for, for six months, uh, due to 11 offences in breach of his ASBO. And I have to say, we don't use the, the, the quiet word in the street, we use peaceful. It has, it has dramatically dropped. Mm. Because when, it wasn't just one, Ian, it was, it was, at its height, there were 17 in the street. Oh dear, how terrifying. Um, and it, 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 the worrying factor has been that 
Um, when you remove one, there's always another one to take his place. But it's it 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 hasn't been it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good. And and with that with the side effects of that, I've I've had to to start having counselling because of it because of how it's infringed on on my quality of life. And, and my children's quality of life. So, but the bit that worries me about this new legislation, if it's five people that have got to report it in in the street, um, what about the, if I use myself an exa- as an example? What happens if I get targeted five times in in a night? Does that not count? Well, Lisa, it'll be interesting to see how this develops, and I, I appreciate your phone call. Incredible. Called the police 64 times. Right, uh, JVS is here. JVS, I'll come to you in a second. I just have to do something I forgot to do a little bit earlier on. Yeah, we were fine. talking about the uh, asbestos story uh, just before the news. Asbestos in schools, just before the news, 8 o'clock. Ran out of time to read the full statement from Luton Borough Council. They want to make it clear that although there is asbestos in schools, the products are safe unless they are damaged. In many instances, it's safer to leave asbestos in place and not remove it. The asbestos is managed in accordance with best practice and government guidelines. If the council... Um, Oh, if the council, am I reading this last line out as well about the, the spokesperson? Has that been known? If the council want to put a spokesperson up to explain this in more detail, I would love to hear from them, of course. And apologies for not uh, reading that in direct conjunction with the story, uh, story earlier on. We've got lots of asbestos in this building. Yeah, Did you I, know that? I don't know if you noticed, I'm trying to move on from that before I get into all any... All those windowsills are all asbestos. Yes. What I'm trying to do is move on from that story before uh, uh, I get into uh, any trouble. Because I went on a BBC training course yesterday and I know how to do good radio now, as opposed to I've the shoddy thing that you do. I've got an asbestos garage roof. E- excellent stuff there indeed. Now, jo- <laughs> don't get me in trouble, for goodness <laughs> sakes. You see what he's doing? <laughs> I went on a course that um, I think you could do with going on. Oh, I see. They certainly expressed an interest in getting you in there on how to do um like good in- proper good interviews so i'm going to interview you oh my word and then this is from the the course okay joined this morning by jonathan vernon smith bbc three counties presenter jonathan nice to see you what on earth are you wearing today i have on a very nice jumper and some uh, some cream action slacks and how does that make you feel good are you surprised by that <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I was doing a long pause, oh. a long dramatic pause to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, you achieved that. You made everyone the, feel uncomfortable. The, well, the listener then lean, literally leans forward and lets it go. Is that what uh, happens? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're breaking through the magic here. It's like showing mm. the listeners a trick. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't. I'd think there was something wrong with the radio if you left that kind of pause. I'd switch to another station. And how would that make you feel? <laughs> This is not therapy. I'm a, I'm, I am now officially the best interviewer at BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, better than know. Nick, better than Roberto, way better than you, girlfriend. We, uh, we know this. We know this. Anyway, have I just come in here to sit and listen to you inflating your own ego, or uh, would you like me to tell you about what's coming up on my show at, th- at uh, nine o'clock? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what is coming up on your show at nine o'clock? Oh, well... At nine o'clock, we're going to be continuing this discussion you've had this morning. Interesting, isn't it, what this barrister's said? Oh, yes. Very interesting. From nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, are some people ready to have sex at 13? A uh, prominent barrister specialising in reproductive rights has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson said in an interview that the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the persecution of old men. The NSPCC have called her views outdated and ill-informed. 
Well, as you've been discussing this morning, in the age of consent varies across Europe. I didn't know this, actually. I hadn't realised there was such a discrepancy. Um, 15 in France, 14 yep. in Germany, 13 in Italy, and 14 in Portugal. 13 in Spain, but they're looking to increase it. Although each country deals with incidents and complaints on a uh, case-by-case merit. Well, I wonder if you think Barbara Hewson is right, and that perhaps we can take some lessons from our European cousins. Perhaps you think that 16, frankly, is it's too old. Mm. Many people, many, many, many people are ready to have sex at the age of 13 and to in any way delude ourselves and, and assume that they're not. It's naive. Your views from nine this morning, particularly like to hear from anybody that will admit that they started their sexual relationship with their partner before the age of 16. Uh, were you ready for it? Can you honestly hand on heart say you were ready for it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five from nine. Are some people ready to have sex at thirteen? There were kids at my school having sex, as I've said, at fourteen. I remember being at a party when I was thirteen, and uh, a couple of my friends had sex. Really, in the bathroom. And I, I remember hearing these stories as uh, uh, as a youngster and thinking, oh, why, why not me? Seventeen for me. Really? Yeah, I was quite a late developer. Oh, well, I know that it went on. Because I listened. Call 
No, give them, give them a bit of a good deal. Some of them are, are, are really nice people. OK, but Bill, stay there, because uh, April's in Luton. Morning, April. Morning. What, what do you think about these possible changes to the law that the driver will be responsible for um, rubbish being chucked out the window? It's not going to have any impact on me because I wouldn't want my passengers to throw rubbish out the window and so I would tell them not to. So you, you wouldn't have, as, as uh, Dave said earlier on, you wouldn't have idiots in your car? No. Do you think it's a good idea? The Bill seems to think it's the thin, en- thin end of the wedge if we start doing this. Um, I think people are too casual with their litter and people always think it's someone else's responsibility. And I think it's about time people fessed up to the fact that the planet needs people to dispose of the rubbish appropriately and properly. And if everybody did it, yeah. there wouldn't be an issue. And, and uh, did you hear my apology about the seatbelts earlier? I, I did, like, and I, I sit corrected as well. But however, if you were in my car and you were an adult and you didn't put your seatbelt on, not only would my car complain at you, but I'd whinge at you as well. Wow. But Bill, you, imagine that. Imagine having April whinging at you. Well, I've, um, I've got uh, loads of people in my car that whinge at me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Uh, April, you sound very laid back this morning. Is everything OK? Yeah, it's all cool. I'm going to Tenerife tomorrow, so I'm fine. <laughs> uh, is your head in holiday mode already? It is on radio. Oh, man. I can't... Listen, you, don't cry for me, either of you, but I can't take a holiday until August now. August. That's months away. It's years away. I got that problem next year. Oh, dear. Well, listen, April, Bill, always nice to talk to you. Thank you very much, uh, indeed. Mohammed's in Bedford. Good morning, Mohammed. Morning. If, you're, if you own a car, if a passenger in your car chucks litter out of the window, you're responsible. It makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense, but not if you're a taxi driver. Oh. You pick up, you've got, like, uh, passengers you don't know, and they're not behaving good, and they're throwing stuff from the window, like... Uh, kind of drain, well, uh, wraps for the sandwiches or takeaways and that stuff. So why the taxi driver have to take responsibility? Well, because it, it's your duty, Mohammed, as a responsible taxi driver to stop these people throwing out sandwich wraps and, and drink cans and things. Well, you only can tell them, but when you've got, like, big lads, you don't know them, and they're a bit drunk, and uh, so what can you do? What is, I mean, uh, you're vulnerable in that time. So you would feel uncomfortable... Uh, with telling um, some big lads to stop throwing sandwich wraps out of the window? No, you tell them, but, some, but they don't listen. Mm. They don't listen. I'm a taxi driver myself. I'm a taxi driver myself. Um, Is everything OK, Mohammed? What, what just happened there? Oh, just out to see the job. Oh, OK, right. Well, what I was going to say, you tell them, uh, this is the rules and the regulations, don't throw these drinks. Sometimes we're not allowed to carry them with the bottles of drinks to the town, and they still carry them in the pockets. And they come up with, from the car, and these are five hundred pounds fine for that one. But litter is litter is a problem, isn't it, Mohammed? It is. It is. It is. I mean, I, I don't agree with it, and it doesn't look nice, and it makes the scenery looks really ugly and bad, especially when you see the trees covered with plastic bags and side the roads with the cars, bottles, you know, you name it. Okay, Mohammed. Thank you very much indeed. He feels uh, that um, it would be unfair on taxi drivers if this law came in. Call 08459 
morning, this is Ian Lee here every weekday morning between six and nine. Coming up in the last 30 minutes, a prominent barrister has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson said the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the persecution of old men. Well, I'll be speaking to Susie Heyman, who is a trustee of Family Lives, an organisation that assists schools with sex education, to see what she thinks. But I'm also interested in what you think. Should the age of consent be lowered we know that kids are having sex of course they are it would mean it would be legal they wouldn't be persecuted it would also mean that they would be able to have sex with older men and older women loads of you talking about this on facebook facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr i've yet to find anybody who thinks it's a good idea yet to find anybody 08459 455 555 we're also talking about chucking litter out of your car if you do it well soon if the law is changed the owner of the car will be responsible mark's in flitic mark what do you think good idea or bad idea i actually think it's a pretty good idea personally um not a reflection on the driver being irresponsible um but if he's got uh, friends in the car um and yeah i think he's responsible for what is chucked out the car and if, they, if he gets fined, then uh, I think it's down to him choosing friends widely that they can reimburse him. I don't think um, it should go down to the driver's history. Obviously, it's not his fault. But the police can't prove exactly who threw it out. So it's really sort of a deterrent and, and helping the police and helping everybody. But for uh, people to make sure they actually do choose their friends wisely and, and people that they have in their car. Well, we heard from uh, a gentleman earlier on who said that he might have idiots in the back of his car. Well, that's the choice for having friends as idiots, then, isn't it? Mark, we're going to let you go, because the line's not brilliant. I think you got your point across there. I think it makes great sense. And as the driver, you should be responsible for the people that are in your car. When I'm driving, I'm responsible for my kids, for my wife, for any... If got, if, I haven't had this for a long time. I'm nearly 40, for goodness sake. But when I was younger, you had people messing around in the back. Oi! Oi, stop it, or you're out. Seriously, I'll pull over, you can get out. In fact, I say that to my three-year-old now. But I use even stronger language. No, I don't. But you do. You're responsible, aren't you, for the people? Do not chuck that out of the window. That's how it works, isn't it? You'd be a fool to disagree. 08459 455 555. Now, the story we've been talking about all morning, and JVS is is carrying this on at nine o'clock, a prominent barrister specialising in reproductive rights has called for the age of consent to be lowered to 13. Barbara Hewson. And I I keep emphasising it's it's a female barrister because lots of people on Facebook assumed it was a man. And I, I think you would assume it was a man, wouldn't you? It changes things slightly when you find out it's a woman. It does in my head, anyway. Anyway, Barbara Houston said that the move was necessary in the wake of the Savile scandal to end the persecution of old men. Do you know what? I suspect we're going to hear a very strongly worded apology before the end of the week, probably before the end of the day. I suspect Miss Houston will be making a statement at some point. Well, we sent our reporter, Justin Dealey, to Berkhamsted this morning. Justin, what have people been saying about these comments uh, from Miss Hewson? I mean, incredible comments, aren't they, really? I was shocked when I heard about this this morning. As you mentioned, I've been in Berkhamsted in Hertfordshire. You gave me a challenge earlier on. You said to me, Justin, try and find anybody who actually agrees with Barbara Hewson. It's, um, it's been an interesting morning, Ian. This is what people had to say. Kerry, what's your views on this story this morning? It's getting a lot of people going, but um, your personal views? please um i think 13 is far too young 
Um, but I do think there's a very uh, difficult line to call for slightly older girls who are maybe nearly 16 or you know just over 15. Um, but obviously, an older man should never ever encourage a, a younger girl to participate in those those kind of uh, acts and shouldn't actually be encouraging them. Okay, so what's your thoughts on the comments of Barbara Houston? And has she got this one spot on lowering the consent to 13? No, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it would encourage paedophilia. I'm sure. Madam, you think these views are, are completely wrong from Barbara Hewson. Can you tell us why? Because I think at 13, children are not emotionally capable of dealing with those kind of relationships, with sexual relationships. Madam, I've showed you the story today. I've seen your face. You're absolutely shocked about this, aren't you? I am, truly. Yes, I think it's absolutely outrageous that somebody wants to reduce the, re- the age to 13. How, ca- how can that be? You've got a young child, you've got a 21-year-old boy. Do you think it's different for boys compared to girls, if we're talking 13 here? Do you think there's a big difference between the two? No, not at all. No. Boys and girls are all the same. should be no difference whatsoever between the two. And do you think 16 is even too young? Yes, I do. Yes, so definitely. So what, what do you think the age should be, then? <laughs> a lot higher. A lot higher. Find a word for yourself, madam. You've got your 16-year-old daughter with you this morning. What's your reaction to what Barbara Houston is saying? Uh, I'm disgusted by it. It's completely inappropriate. I mean, at 13, that's very, very young. But what do you think the age should be, if, if, if not 16? I'm happy with 16. I think they're, they're grown up enough to know what, what they want to do with their lives at that point. Well, Justin, you, you couldn't find anybody no, who thought that was a good idea. Although one lady did suggest that maybe 15 was perhaps more appropriate. I mean, I have to say, most people I've spoken to this morning, a lot of people didn't wish to be named on this particular report. I can understand why. It's a very personal subject. But um, some people who, who wouldn't talk to me on the record, mm. the majority of people saying 16 is too young. So wow. when you say to people, what about 13? They're just looking at me in absolute horror. They cannot believe these comments. And I think you make a, a good point about Barbara. Barbara being a, a woman, because that does change things. You'd expect something like this to come from a man, talking about uh, ending the persecution of old men. I mean, incredible comments from from a lady, not a man. I wonder, th- th- this is a question for another day, but I wonder what age some of those people you spoke to had sex for the first time. I wonder if any, mm. if anybody, not necessarily those, but uh, the number of... Per- kids have sex and uh, I know kids when I was a child that, that were having sex and it would just be interesting to find out whether people waited until they were 16 or whether they were having sex before then. Yeah, I agree. You know, when I go back to my school days, people certainly were doing it under the age of 16. Personally, I can hold my hand up and say, that wasn't me. But, but of course, it does go on. If they did lower it to the age of 13, would it make any difference? But people this morning clearly very unhappy about these views. Justin, I have to move on because we have a guest. Are you prepared to tell me what age? I was 17. <sighs> He's getting personal. It's that BBC You don't have to watch if you don't want to. It was 18. Wow, OK. Well, there you go, Justin Dealey. Thank you very much. And he's, he's made up for it too, in, in uh, many ways since then. I don't even know what that means. Susie Heyman is a trustee of Family Lives, an organisation that assists school with sex education. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Su- Susie, what do you make of this? Uh, what do you make of this? Um, I was 16. You were 16, were you? <laughs> OK, you waited. Well done. Uh, what, what do you make of this claim that um, from Ms Heyman that... For Ms... Don't... Not what was her name? Well, Miss Hamer, Barbara Hamer. Hamer, is that her name? Uh, Houston. Sorry, look. Uh, Thank you. There's, there's not a, my name. There's a. Sorry, I do apologise. There's a. There was almost a Freudian slip as well. What do you think about Barbara Houston's uh, claims that we should lower the age of consent to thirteen? Um, I know that the NSPCC has said it beggars belief, and I think if the reason she's giving is to protect old men, 
oh, these poor old men, these poor old paedophiles and rapists, poor old things, um, to protect them, then it does beg a belief. And I think it's absolutely a disgraceful thing to say. And I would say very strongly that I think that, yeah, 16 is about the right sort of age that young people should be thinking about having sex. Kids are having sex younger than that, though, aren't they? Well, this is the point. And this is why I would say, actually, there is an argument. Now, you mentioned earlier on about the age um, of consent in different countries. Yeah. And the point is, let's just point out a couple of things. We have the highest rate of teenage pregnancy in Europe. We also actually have the lowest age at which young people have start having sex, I think. We certainly have a lot younger age. I think it's over a year younger than, say, the, um, than the Netherlands that have a younger age of consent, and yet their kids start having sex later. Mm. They also have much more explicit sex education than we do, much better sex education. And, of course, they let young people who are sexually active get contraception. Now, that's the only reason I would say that we might think in terms of lowering the age of consent, because what it does at the moment is that young people think, you say you've got two 15-year-olds who are having sex, they're in love, they're having sex, and they think, oh, if we go to a doctor for contraception, we're going to get in trouble, so we won't. We'll risk it and they get pregnant. Mm. And there's an argument there for saying, actually, lower the age for consenting young people. What I think we ought to bring in at the same time, however, is a very strong strengthening of the age gap. So what we basically say is, yes, it's okay for two consenting, mutually happy 15-year-olds or a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old to be having a sexual relationship. But if there is, let's say, three or four years between somebody under the age of 16 five years between somebody between 16 and 18, that's where we start saying, aha, what you've got here is somebody older using their power, their authority, their persuasion to seduce, to, you know, a statutory rape a younger person. And if you have a situation where you have somebody, you know, at the age of sort of 30 having sex with somebody under the age of 20, mm. well, full force of the law, because that's not a sexual relationship. That is definitely Peter. You, you talk to, to young people about sex. What age do you, you talk to them, and, and how explicit are you? And are, are you bound by certain rules? Well, what you have to do, basically, is actually reply to the question. Right. I think the point is you don't walk in and start talking about sex. What you do, first of all, is check out where young people are, what are they knowing, and what are the questions that they ask. But believe me, you know, when you're talking to sort of young teenagers or even um, older primary school t- uh, uh, kids, you're getting very explicit questions because of what they've heard. Mm. And I'll tell you also something, Ian, you, you made me laugh when you, talk, you, you, know, you were thinking about the people in the, that vox pox, what age were they when they first had sex? The number of times I've asked parents this, what age do you think your children should have sex? Be truthful, what age were you when you had sex? Invariably, the age that they mention for their children is several years older than the age that they were than when they first had sex. Yeah. And I think that's something that we need to remember, that the point is that what you're dealing here with is often desires and feelings, and you have to talk about those explicitly, because what Holland has shown us, what the Scandinavian countries have shown us, is when you allow kids to actually say, I have these feelings, I have these desires, what do I do about them? Actually, have a cold shower. Help them say, but I'll leave it till later. If you say, don't even talk about that, how disgusting of you, Actually, the only way they're going to find out is by practical experience. Well, Susie, can I, I would just like to, to say for the record that sex is very, very naughty, and if you do it, your bits will fall off, OK? Is that, <laughs> is that a healthy message to give to the young people? It's something disgusting, dirty, revolting <laughs> that you should li- say for the person that you love when you're much older. Exactly, and don't sit on a warm chair after someone's vacated exactly. it. You could get pregnant. Susie Heyman, thank you very much indeed. It was, uh, of course, uh, Barbara Hewson who made the statement that we should uh, reduce the age of consent to 13 to stop the persecution of old men. Well, JVS is...
is going to be continuing to talk about this on the big phone in. Today he's asking, are some people ready to have sex at 13? Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rosini. Hello, a very good morning to you. Some very strong gusts of wind. We could possibly see some trees come over and possibly some transport disruption as well so something to be aware of i suspect you may need to tie the pots down in your garden or whatever and um, because there's going tie to be the pots up. down in the know. garden you've never well, been I- in a garden have you I have. I bought some pots for my garden the other week. I'm good. I, oh. I've secured them. In that case, you, be, you better go and tie those pots down. Rubbish is a big problem for me as well. It just Talking it, I, I know. Yes, so, sorry? Yeah, so big problem. Um, and then it will all ease down tonight, so uh, just watch out for those strong winds today. Elizabeth, you, you, you go home, you go and tie your pots down, and we'll, hopefully things will be okay. Ta-ta. <laughs> Prominent barrister Barbara Hewson has said that um, the age of consent should be lowered to 13 to end the persecution of old men. What do you think? 08459 455 555. We've yet to find anybody who agrees with her. Stephen in Watford, what do you think? Well, I don't agree with her either. I think it actually should be lower than that. Sorry? Because I think it should be lower, probably 12 or so, because on the basis that countries like the Philippines and Mexico have an age of consent of that age but the main point i would like to make is that if children are brought up properly by their parents um maybe some schools could bring them up sufficiently well that they are mature enough at 12 to actually get married (laughs) because that's the other issue my point is basically that mary um the mother of jesus was thought to be between 10 and 12 when she actually gave birth to him and so if you have a, a family where a child is brought up in the proper way, you're discriminating against... I mean, <laughs> what law should prevent what God institutes if you assume that the Bible is what should govern society? So just to clarify, Stephen, <clears throat> excuse me, you're saying that the age of consent should be 12? Well, I think that there shouldn't be a minimum age. You could almost go from biology. I so mean, five. The creator. No, I don't, I don't think a five-year-old girl can have children. Eight. Well, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what the biological age. It might vary from girl right. to girl. Okay. But I, mean, I don't think we should just follow nature in that sense. Mm. But I think that the main point is that if a girl and her parents think that she's mature enough to get married because you should only have sex after you're married, then in a way it's the parents. I mean, I know I'm living in uh, a different sort of mindset to modern Britain. Can I ask you a couple of questions, Stephen? (laughs) Yes, sir. Do you have children? No. Not to my knowledge. Okay. Would you want to have sex with a 12-year-old? If she was as mature as Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, um, you know, I was available, I I don't think you can say Joseph, you know, was uh, a pervert. So you would um, happily have sex I don't with think a mature twelve-year-old. Uh, that's my point. I don't think I would easily. Not I easily, mean, no. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, in terms of the bounds of possibility, okay. I don't think that we should have a system where uh, Joseph, who was, you know, Mary's husband, yeah. although he wasn't the actual father of no. Mary, he would have been, you know, put in prison for doing what God wanted him to do. Stephen, can I ask how old are you? 
So you're but f- I think I'm, I'm no, let me just quite virile. And, uh, you're a virile 54-year-old. <laughs> yes. Um, and as a 54-year-old, you would be prepared, if you met a 12-year-old that was mature enough, you would be prepared to have sex with that 12-year-old. There is an example in the Bible of but, Ruth. But we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. speak about Ruth in a second. Oh, okay. uh, you, just to clarify, you as a, as a virile 54-year-old, if you found a mature 12-year-old and, and you got married and, and, and did all of that, you would have sex with a 12-year-old? Well, if I was married, I think I would have to, wouldn't I? I mean, it's... Uh Otherwise, you would uh, divorce me for conjugal rights, not and, and for not paying pocket money. You would have <laughs> you would have to have sex with a twelve-year-old if you were married to her. Um, I see where you're coming from now. Well, I mean, Mary, uh, I think, was uh, gave birth at that age. Okay, so, so, so uh, just, I guess than to clarify, a three-year-old kid out of your car for throwing litter, maybe. Uh, just, just to clarify, you would uh, at the age of fifty-four, the age you are now, if you met a mature enough twelve-year-old and you fell in love with her and she fell in love with you and you got married, mm. you would have sex with a twelve-year-old girl. Uh, if you're married, then that's what follows. Yes. Okay, and, and she would ha- would she have to be consenting? Of course she would. And okay. her parents would have to have been consenting. Yeah, yeah. And, and my, well, I mean, I'm old enough now, I suppose I wouldn't... I mean, in the old days, it's the woman's parents that have to, had to give consent. In the example of Ruth, her parents weren't around anymore, so she had Naomi as her guide, who actually guided her into marrying a very, very much older man. Let, let me put... Um, f- I can, I can, the phones are going crazy, and I, I think I can imagine what some of these people are saying. Let me put um, what I think some of my listeners might be thinking to you. Right. You're a paedophile. You're a pervert. You're sick. You're a deviant. You okay. should not even be considering having sex with, 12, with a 12-year-old. That's what some people listening to this might be saying. Yes. But then again, I have, uh, oh, I don't want to be confessing on the radio, but I think I've probably got less um, experience, as it were. I know people that are older than me that have never had sex. Right. So, yeah, have you, uh, can, can I ask you a couple of questions? If I stray too, too close, then, then let me know. Right. What's the youngest person you have had sex with? Twenty. Okay. Okay, so we're kind of out of that boundary. Let me um, say hello to Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Ian. Andrea, you're you're through to Stephen. What would you like to say to him? He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. I am, yes, you're right. There's not many people like me there. And and to be fair, you ought to be on the paedophile list already. Well, just just, just hang Andrea, just hang on a second. Stephen has has just said that he's not had sex with any children. He's saying he condones it. I know, but I just want to be... I've got three children. Yep. My children vary, and I've got two boys and a girl. My children vary from 14 to 4. Yeah. Um, my 14-year-old, my, my A, is not mature enough to have sex, male or female. Well, then you wouldn't give consent to the marriage. Well, but hang on just a sec. Uh, hang on, I didn't say anything about marriage. I just said about sex. Well, you shouldn't that, be having sex if you're not married. You should be telling your children, don't have sex until you're married. Um, my children are fully aware of what is involved in sex. Um, however, they're not old enough to vote. They're not old enough to buy lottery tickets. They're not old enough to gamble. They're not in old enough to marry. Um, why on earth would I would I condone them to having to having sex with a, a fifty four year old pervert? Um, Let's just like, Andrew, like yourself. I know, I know, I know why you're passionate about this. I, we just have to be very, very careful because I don't want to. I'm absolutely seething to be fair because and I can tell man, you are. this man has, uh, hasn't got a clue. But we just have to tread very carefully. We're having a hypothetical discussion. And we just have to be careful with some of the names that we, that we, we bandy around. But I can understand why that, Stephen. You, you you haven't got a clue, according to Andrea. Well, uh, to be honest, I'm not trying to change the agenda. But I really do think that society 
has gone away from proper morals. And all I'm doing is I'm quoting examples in okay. the Bible. Even King David there will be some young, Stephen. young girl. But, you know, the Bible makes it clear that yeah. he did not uh, have relations. Well, good for her. King David. We're running out yeah, of time, which right. is why I'm, just in, why I'm interrupting. Yeah. And okay. uh, you say that we're getting away from society from, from, that has morals. Yeah. There would be, I would imagine, a few listeners who would suggest that having sex with children is quite immoral. It's wrong. It comes back to my point that Joseph, who was marrying, uh, I know people don't accept the Bible and all the rest of it, but my point, is that, my point is that you're branding God-fearing, very good people in the Bible as perverts yes. and as pedophiles. Andrea, do you want to come uh, back? Well, I mean, the Bible's all based on lies anyway, isn't it? So, I mean, that's, that's, that's down to the individual, to whether or not they, they um, you know, they, they believe in the Bible. I, I, I personally, I don't. I've not um, heard the I'm, theory I'm before, not, Stephen, that, 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 that Mary was, was 10. I've not heard that before. Well, I'm looking on the internet. I'm looking uh, on the internet as we speak, the and there are many websites that actually say, Mary, I'm reading quote now, is between 10 and 12 years from Jewish tradition. Right, I'm going to ask one more question, and then we, we have to end it, because JVS is coming up. Steve, even. Yeah. Do you find 12, 13-year-olds sexually attractive? Some of them can be too um, physically advanced for their age, and I think a man would be a liar if a girl looked 16, because some of them do, even at that young age and said that they weren't, you know, attractive. But Stephen, we have to end it there. I hope before you've got your say, I'm running out of time. Do feel free to uh, call JVS and speak to him. Well, thanks for everyone who called. Well, JVS is picking up and running with this. Are some people ready to have sex at 13? He'll tell you more. Back tomorrow at 6. Ta-ta. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, thank you, Ian.